This episode of Fermented Adventure the Podcast is sponsored by Brewskits, handcrafted dog treats made from spent beer grains, oats, barley, and rye. No chemical preservatives, a great source of fiber, and packed with protein. Visit brewskits.com to see the full selection of treats for your dog and your cat. Receive 15% off your first order by typing in two important words, Fermented Adventure, at checkout. Cheers! Ladies and gentlemen, craft spirit enthusiasts, and those interested in the intoxicating world of craft distilleries, cideries, meaderies, wineries, and the occasional foray into breweries. It's Rich Shane, and welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast, where we bring you the fascinating people that are making the mash, fermenting, distilling, bottling, pouring, and delivering to you some of the finest libations in the world. Before we get started, here are a few housekeeping items. Thank you for bringing the podcast into wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We truly are grateful that you've chosen to listen and make us part of your day. It would mean the world to us if you left a five-star review. This helps us climb in the rankings and it makes it easier for others to find us. Don't hesitate to leave us your comments as well. If the podcast didn't meet your expectations, tell us why. We're always striving to improve. You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, FA Nation, let's meet our guests. We're here at Christmas City Spirits in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. We're here with Michael Woody Dombrowski. I'm Rich Shane. Dawn Ranieri's here, and this is Fermented Adventure, the podcast. Woody, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, and welcome to Bethlehem, guys. Thank you, thank you. And what I want to know is what, what's on everybody's mind right now is, all right, Christmas City Spirits, how did all this get started? Um, it's basically a tale of, of, it's two stories that merge together uh, in, a, in a most recent time. Um, the one story is uh, a group of four co-workers or rugby players um they met and they're See, i was really hoping it was going to be the three wise men <laughs> no I, you, got, you started with well four. they are they are they're the owners so they're the wise men um they are they have a an interest in libations or liquor but they have a serious history problem they love the history of the area they love the history of bethlehem how everything got started um and that brought them together, and when they, they got together, they started and they formed the restaurant at the Tavern of the Sun Inn, which is Bethlehem's original founding uh, inn. It started in 1758. Uh, we actually have the the paperwork that was sent to, uh, who was the king back then? Uh, I forget his name. King, king George. King George, yes. yes. We actually requested uh, it to be a proprietorship. So we actually have that on file. That was found by that them. is so fascinating. It's incredible. Um, uh, that uh, the actual Sun Inn, uh, going back history wise, uh, was actually uh, George Washington slept here. Martha Washington slept there. Uh, I think about thirteen or fourteen of the founding fathers who signed the Declaration of Independence. I don't know the number. <laughs> That's okay. We won't. We won't look. Really but now I know how Martha Washington's arm now is adorning your wall here at the distillery. Exactly. And we'll have to take a picture of that, and we'll we'll put that in the website for the podcast. For for the Sun Inn, we have the restaurant there, we have the tavern there, and we also have the museum there uh, that represents the founding of Bethlehem uh, as the Sun Inn. Um, and that also is actually a, a civil, not a civil, a Revolutionary War hospital. 
during the Revolutionary War. A, a lot of history is in this building. So these guys started, and they wanted to do the restaurant. And as the founding of the restaurant, they decided, hey, let's do some libations. Let's bring the history of the spirits into this. Um, and they, they were doing that behind the scenes. Now, on the, the other tangent was me and my family. Um, my family uh, have, have been in the coal regions of Pennsylvania, which is Schuylkill County. And my great-grandmother on my mother's side was a midwife um, just after the Civil War. And she would use her rye whiskey. She would make rye whiskey uh, as a pharmaceutical, but she would mix it with opium. And she would create what they called laudanum. And if you remember back in the, you know, uh, cowboy times, they had a snake oil salesman. Okay, so when you say, when you remember, I'm going to have to reference movies or TV shows? Well, well yeah, TV, yeah, exactly, <laughs> as it was depicted in uh, Tombstone okay. with uh, Kevin Costner and, and those folks. But uh, my great-grandmother would drink laudanum, uh, and she would go out on the carriage, uh, the wagon, with the local doctor. they do house calls, and she would come home snookered and fall off the wagon. Well, obviously, literally, uh, she was off the wagon. She was off the wagon. Uh, but she... <laughs> Although I don't think that's the same reference, but maybe going back to your family's history, maybe that's how it got started. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. So she would actually do her whiskey and do her pharmaceutical grade you know, spirits, but she would mix it with the opium. Now, my grandmother at the time, she was maybe around 13, 14. She started picking it up. And this is right around 1902. Uh, 1909, 1910, um, and she was brought up in a local, what they call a patch, uh, a coal mining town where you sold your soul to the company, where you were paid in company chits, that's C-H-I-T-S. No, I understand. Okay, okay. Um, where you got the chits, you had to spend them at the company store. Right. So my grandmother would make her rye whiskey, and she would sell that for extended dollars, so she could use that. And in Schuylkill County was about a two-hour train ride from here. She would take the train from Schuylkill County to the Allentown Nursing School, and she became a Red Cross nurse at the Allentown uh, Nursing School, which is right across from uh, Lehigh Valley Cedar Crest Hospital. So she was doing this, making money, going to you know become a nurse. At that time, the pan the first pandemic broke out, the nineteen eighteen Spanish influenza. So what she would do is she would soak her gauze mask in the rye whiskey, put the gauze mask on, and treat the patients. And she never got sick. I think you've just opened up a the avenue of what I want to do now with the mask, right? <laughs> I just now I can't wait to start soaking my mask in your rye whiskey. Well, we don't have that yet. Next year, maybe. Okay. Well, then it, now you know we'll we'll get a hold of Fauci. We'll accelerate this, and this could be. Do you have your mask? We, that, could, we could skip FDA testing. Everything. Uh, why not? Everybody else does. Yeah. I'm not J and J, but hey, you know I'm there. But my grandmother would 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 do this, and she would actually treat patients. She never got sick. Um, so all through 1918, all the way through Prohibition, she would do it. Um, there would be stories. My mom, I mean, to this day, my mom is 90. To this day, my mom would not, well, she would say she would do it, but she wouldn't admit that she was making it. 
until I became legal here. Then all of a sudden... The stories open up. Oh, right? God. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, and the stories of her walking from one town to the next with my grandfather to sell a pint jar of my grandmother's rye. Um, and, 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 and they would do this. I mean, there were stories from my aunt where there would be bottles of rye under my aunt's bed and the revenueers would come knocking on the door. And my, my, my grandmother, um, if, I mean, at 90 years old, um, I was afraid of her. Um, I mean, literally, I remember, I'm, I'm going to take a sidetrack here. Go ahead, sorry, let's, no, no, we'll, we'll go down this rabbit hole. This okay. is, I mean, your, your family's history is fascinating because what it has done is it, it's imparted that, you know, love of what you now do. I mean, it's your family's history. It's your lineage. It's, it's, it's almost witty no different than the moonshiners. You know, where, where they, you know, grow up and, and one shares the recipe to the family recipe. I mean, the story you're telling reminds me of what um, we learned from Puerto Rico Distillery um, in Fredericksburg, Maryland. And essentially, hey, is, is long – everybody knows you're doing it, but nobody really wants to tell on you. But everybody knows where to find your Paturo if they want to if find it. If they want it, it right. Yeah. Exactly. And, well, and because my, my grandmother at the time was the local nurse instead of going to the local doctor. I mean, at that time, they did house calls. And because my grandmother, I mean, she had countless of holistic healing, um, rabbit fat. I mean, to this day, we, me and my cousins and my brother, we all laugh about the milk and bread. If you ever had some kind of infection or cut, she invented this thing. It was pre-penicillin time. She would mix raw milk, bread, and uh, salt, mix it into a little paste, put it on whatever with the gauze, and that was supposed to suck, you know, take out the infection. And it does. Another thing was the cut up the onion in half if you had a cold, put it in your uh, socks and have the open onion at your feet, have another open onion on your nightstand, and that would draw the bacteria out. So, I mean, everybody loved my, my grandmother, and they would not rat on her. So she was doing it. And up until, I would have to say, the, the 40s, uh, maybe the late, uh, late 40s, early 50s, she was doing it. And then when my, my dad and my mother started dating, my uncle, um, Stasiu Dombrowski, I mean, it does get more Polish than that, um, he wanted to learn how to do it. So my grandmother on my mother's side taught my uncle on my father's side. Now, my uncle, I mean, he liked to make it. He loved it. I mean, we were, we were farmers. We're on talking that. the rye whiskey. The rye whiskey, yes. Okay. They loved, they loved to make that stuff. And, and they were farmers. They always had extra grains and stuff like that. And he always learned how to. Yeah, I was curious because I'm glad you said that because I'm thinking where was the rye being, you know, where where'd the rye come in for them to now, you know, make that through their mash and, and ferment that? Rye is pretty forgiving grain. Right. And you can grow that anywhere. And, and I mean, I mean, you talk about stolen wolf, and they have that rosin rye, which is the antique or the antiquated grain. You talk about dad's hat, they have that, which is which is a great. I mean, it, it's actually a grain that you can grow anywhere. If you have a cinder block, throw some dirt on it, and throw some rye seed on it, it it would grow. Um, it was very hardy. It, it was uh, it was a seed for the peasant, so to speak. If you had the wheat, that you were the you know the, the, the upper echelon. Um, so, I mean, the rye was common in Pennsylvania. So everybody had it. So where my grandmother and, and our family farm was, I mean, we had 120 acre, acres growing up. Um, it kept diminishing as it went through the family lineage, but everybody had rye up there. Um, now it's all corn, um, wheat, and you still have a lot of rye. 
growing up there. And that's mostly for cover crop and nutrition of the actual field. And your grandmother taught your uncle my grandmother how to how to do all this and distill in the same so is that recipe does somebody have it somewhere? Yes, I have I have I actually have the laudanum recipe too. Okay. So I, I mean, if I mean, it's is that the one with the opium? That is the one with. The I opium. don't think we're. I don't think that's going to be. I don't. Yeah. I mean, but I, I, I can still make it. I can still make. Um, if you ever had ouzo, yeah, or uh, zambuca, it's it tastes like that. A okay. Heavy black licorice flavor. Um, I, I remember my uncle, my uncle telling me, and he's just telling me exactly how to make it. He goes, "You definitely don't want to do that." He goes, "Because a lot of people back in the snake oil times." They would get hooked on it, and they would get hooked bad. Oh, absolutely! I would, I would imagine with the opium as being an addiction more so even than the alcohol, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was, it was very bad. Um, but yeah, I, I have every, all the recipes. My uncle, like I said, he was the farmer, and we used to call him, and even though his name was Stash, we used to call him Uncle Argyle. And the reason was, every time he drank, he sounded Scottish to us because we didn't understand a word he said. <laughs> And you'd be sitting there going, you know, Uncle Stosh, what's going on? You're like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, what the hell is So we got the name Uncle Argyle for him. And it's funny. He just passed away at 93, I would say. I love – you keep throwing out these numbers, 90, 93. I mean, if that's not a testimony to what your family has done, how they've lived and what they consumed, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he was. I mean, he was a great guy. I remember calling him. There was a he lived in Ohio, and there was a major snowstorm in Ohio. And I just called on a Sunday morning to check on him. It's eleven o'clock. I'm like, hey, Uncle Stosh, what's going on? How's everything going? Oh, he had already started. It's eleven o'clock in the morning. I just shovel drive what and just done. And he'd sit there and he'd smoke, you know, his, his Marlboro Lights, drink his. At that time, I, what was he drinking? He was drinking Gentleman Jack. When are you going to send me some stuff? Out? I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll work on it. But I mean, then he, growing up, he had a lot of influence on me. My my dad never drank. My father never drank. He when my father died, he had a two cases of Budweiser in the garage. And I don't know if you remember this. They actually had you actually had to use a can opener. Oh yeah, on them. Yeah, that's how old they the were. church kid. Yeah, the it was church kid. Right? Yeah. Um, and I mean, I saved them. and I actually sold the cans, but. Um, he never drank, but my uncle, I mean, I would call him on the phone. I mean, I love my dad, and I, I would, you know, call my dad, but when I get on the phone with my uncle, and he'd start teaching me the stuff, and it would be for hours, because it was, my dad was, my dad, he was my supervisor, you know, you do it right, do it this way, and blah, blah, blah. Uncle Stash would be like, ah, well, you don't want to do that, <laughs> you know, he would teach me a different way, and it was funny. Our family growing up, my uncle moved back to Ohio, and, you know, we lost touch with him for a number of years. And then it was after I graduated college, I, I just moved back from Japan, and my cousin calls me. She's like, hey, it's Annette. You know, do you remember me? I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I remember you. We got together. And at that point, my uncle Stash comes in, and he comes out, and, you know, I'm like, hey, what about this Boilo stuff? I remember we always drank it. Every time I go up to school county, we go hunting. Somebody else has it. He's like, oh. He's like, we got recipes. He's like, which one do you want? You want your grandmother's? You want your grandfather's? Which one do you want? And I'm like, well, I want ours. Well, I've never heard of Boilo before. So what exactly is that? We will get into that when we do the tasting. But okay. Boilo is a coal region recipe. A lot of the uh, Eastern Europeans 
came to the coal regions in Schuylkill County, and they brought a lot of their uh, heritage with them. And one of the things was Krupnik, and Krupnik was a honey-based liquor. And in Poland, what they would do is they would ferment brandy uh, or uh, a wine, and then they would run that through the still, and then they would infuse that with spices and honey for a warm winter toddy. And that is Boilo. And it, it basically followed over here to the coal mines. When the miners were down in the 50-degree mines, they'd come out of the mines, they'd be dripping wet, they'd sit at a local uh, bub or bar, and they would drink something to warm them up, and that was the Boilo. But it was also something we drank when we got sick. Anytime I got sick, my dad would give me some of that. And the next morning, I'd wake up and, oh, okay, I'm good. You're ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go to school again. All right, Woody. So <laughs> you've got this amazing family history that has taken you to today. You've come together with these four partners. Right. And the Sun Inn and the history of the Sun Inn. Where does the idea, or where's the opportunity where you become a distiller come in? Well, um, as I said, the, the four owners are rugby players, and my daughter was in eighth grade at the time, and one of the, the kids in her class, his father, played rugby with them. And we were at, a, a ironically, a church event, and I always had my home libations with me. And at the event, um, the rugby player tasted it. He's like, you got, you got to talk to these guys. They're starting a place. Um, they're... In the restaurant, they don't really do the distilling. Um, they have one guy that uh, is a chemist, but you know the distilling part is a little bit different because of different flavors. So let's introduce you. So uh, he introduced me to Brett, who's one of the owners, and I reached out to Brett with an email, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, come over to the Sun Inn, um, we'll talk." And at that time, I've always had you know my share of you know uh, tastings. In the bag, I brought them over. I'm like, you know, this is what I do. This is my rye. This is my corn. Um, this is my my blue raspberry, my Swedish fish, uh, my my vodka. And I mean, I went through a whole list, and, and he tasted. And ever since then, we kind of you know mended together. And as we we progressed, um, we came in and established this place to be an offsite distillery for the Sun Inn and sell out of there. So to me. Woody, it's like arriving at this place, you know, your family, I mean, we talk about being moonshiners. There's a sense of history of that for you and your family. Yes. Where now, what what, what was it like for you to start buying, like, the still and, and all this equipment where it becomes, you know, this arrival of, I'm not going to say legitimacy, but in the eyes of the government, because now they can tax you on it. What was it like for you to be planning out this distillery in a way where, you know, you're, you're increasing production and, and all the things you're doing now? I'm not nervous at first, but I mean, really excited because finally, I mean, I can get it out there and let other people taste. Um, there was several occasions I was at parties and um, I, we were talking uh, earlier about my one friend down in uh, Kennett Square, actually in, in media. Um, we were at one of his parties, and I brought my stuff down. These guys are going, oh, you know, can you enter it in competitions to see? I'm like, well, it's not legal. <laughs> Actually, you're really not drinking anything here, and I'm not even here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. <laughs> I'm a figment of your imagination. Um, and uh, basically, these guys were drinking, and they loved it. And I was like, oh, finally, I get 
to have somebody taste it and actually, you know, represent somebody and and show what I can actually do for, you know, Christmas City Spirits. So, I mean, Brett, Brett had a lot of faith in me. I mean, Brett, uh, I mean, he really believed in me, uh, went to bat for me. And I, I, you know, I mean, even to this day, I, I like the guy. I want to make the guy proud of me. I mean, whatever I produce here, I want you to walk away and go, oh, man, that was that was different. But it was good. It's, it's like I don't have any hangover. I mean, I could drink copious amounts. I mean, <laughs> don't wake up with a horse head in my bed, but I'm doing good. You know, I'm, I'm not hungover and I'll do it again. So now you've again, I, I hearken back to the idea that you've got this family history. But once you start to set up this larger production, for you, what were, what were some of those aha moments where you felt like, all right, I'm on to something, I'm, I'm making people proud, I can, you know, where you felt like you, you kind of looked in the mirror, you just took a second and say, wow, this, I, uh, this is it. Th- yeah, I, it was at a point where, like, we were doing the, the 50-gallon batches of regular uh, the barley, uh, the wheat, oat, and it was at a point when my wife came in and she's like... Can the IBC totes handle, you know, 200 degree temperatures? And I'm like, oh, oh, I never thought of that. And I'm like, you know, let's try it. So she found out. It's like, yeah. I'm like, wait a second. Sorry, that was my head. That was pretty hard. <laughs> I'm Polish. It just okay. bounced. All right. Uh, um, <laughs> so I was like, that aha moment. It's like, oh, my God. We went from 50-gallon mashes to now 200-gallon mashes. And it was like, oh, my, we can just in- increase this, and, and, and production can just keep increasing and we can keep moving from there. And, you know, without any loss to the actual product as far as flavor. So that, that, that for me was, was a big, big event right there. Um, as far as getting it out to the public, um, we put the Cherry Bounce in the Good Food Foundation uh, contest last year. And that, that won the award over the Good Food Foundation. Uh, the Barley Whiskey was in the Micro Spirits competition last year and we won the silver on that and our select grain vodka was just in the ascot uh awards for i think it's fred minnick okay uh, i don't know if you've heard of him yeah yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, the american society council of tasters and we took the platinum in that for the vodka so i'm i'm, I'm excited that you know i'm getting it out there um people are, are drinking it they're it's it's getting a reputation of being good and quality um, so, I mean, to me, just watching people's faces when they drink, like, it's different, but I like it. And it's, it's, it's smooth. I like it. You know? So that, that, to me, is a big thing. That's, that's awesome. And, again, for, you know, what you're doing to take from a smaller recipe and now do a larger production, that's, that's wonderful recognition for you and, and that, that, that feeling of pride you must have when you see that and you get that positive feedback from what you're doing. Definitely, definitely. And, and actually, before I was working with the, um, a couple of farmers up in Schuylkill County, now we're working with a local farmer uh, in Lehigh County in Copley. So, so you're sourcing your greens from some local farmers. You're not making your grandmother still or your family still uh, be out there on the farm? <laughs> actually, no, we still use our farm. Um, really? Yeah, we still use farm for, for certain Grains. So your greens, you're going literally, you're controlling farm to bottle. The, are Some of those are your greens. Yes. That is awesome. Um, our, our select grain vodka is made with wheat and oats. It's my, it's my uncle's wheat and my uncle's oats. So you're talking about 1970s, 1960s, he was growing that. Um, it's now being grown in, in Copley at Sion Dollar Farm. 
Uh, and, and Ken, um, our farmer, is, is phenomenal. I mean, if you ever walk the property up there, uh, he's got at least three, four foot of topsoil uh, that he he basically cultivates this every year. And he's very meticulous about, you know, the cover crops and introducing the cover crops and how we rotate and the actual animals that are being fed on it, the, the goats, and what their diet is before they fertilize the feed. Uh, the field. So we're, we're constantly thinking about that. So when we say our select grain vodka, the grain is selected, the feed for the animal is selected, the specific animal. I don't mean like, you know, that sheep, that sheep. I mean sheep or goats or, or right. stuff like that or, or cow uh, or chickens. Um, specific animal is manure is used. It's, it's spread at a certain time. Uh, it, is, it is cultivated at a certain depth. Uh, and tilled in, and uh, the nitrates, the nitrites, the magnesium, all those levels, we, we, we verify those. And at that time, we start sprouting the grain, and at certain times, we look at it, we look at the moisture content, determine if it's ready to pick. And then we pick it, and then after we harvest it, grind it up, put it in our mash, and cook it. So that's, that's why we call it a select grain. This gets to the heart of craft. And you having that family farm, the relationship you have with the farmer, the detail that you go to get to so that you know that grain and whatever you're bringing in, specifically, you've thought out every part of the process. Your collaboration with these farmers and and, and part of what they're doing, you've really thought through every part of that process to start creating what you're sticking in the bottle after it comes off the still. Correct, yes. Even yeah. even the yeast strain that we look at. Um, the yeast strain for the, the select grain and the yeast strain for the, the barley are uh, a blend of store-bought or, you know, like White Labs and uh, my particular yeast strain that I've been fostering for some years. I've been growing some yeast strains. There's... I have a yeast strain. All right, this opens up a whole... Yeah, no, we're I'm, going I'm down taking road. another tangent now. No, so, no, I sorry. love it because... You know, again, when you go into craft, I mean, and so many conversations we have that about, you know, the flavor that a yeast will provide or, you know, how that will go through the fermentation process. But what you're saying to me is you're cultivating, you have your own yeast that you've developed. Yes. Wow. Now, how did you get started on that? It was just, uh, that was just a pure happenstance. It was just somebody was saying, I I think I was just doing searching on, on the web years ago and somebody to, you know did yeast harvesting and I'm like okay and then I saw another post about some guy yeast corralling and I'm like alright you know okay, I can do that and then I would have to say it was seven or eight no it was maybe nine years ago in Easton there is the Kubler Lager Caves um, back in the, before we had refrigeration they dug holes out in the caves like they did in Pottsville for Yingling. They dug holes out to create an environment for the, the lagering of the beer. The lager is a, a bottom-up fermentation at a colder temperature, whereas your ale yeast go from top down. Um, I had permission from the previous owner to go in there and, and harvest some yeast, and I, I do have a strain of yeast from that that I've actually, I've been working with that strain for a while, and I, I had it fermenting at 37 degrees and it, it was a nice clean flavor but it didn't do really well for spirits it was good for beer but not for spirits now the other strains that i have 
for the barley is a select strain that I actually propagated from Lehigh County and part of it from Schuylkill County where I crossbred them and actually blended them together. And it actually, it actually comes out nice and it handles the, the, the barley very well. Now, if, when you're fermenting, sometimes if you take it too hot, you might get a little banana flavor. Sometimes you take it a little, little lower, you might get a clove flavor. You know, it, depending on your fermentation taper, temperatures, you might get different flavors. Our fermenting temperature allows to get a little bit fruity flavors, kind of like Four Queens does. So when you taste the barley, you might taste a little mango. That's See, now, now I have to tell you, I mean, honestly, this is stuff that I, I – hopefully there's a listener or listeners that are on the podcast now that this is really resonating with. This is stuff that, you know, I kind of geek out on in a way because we're talking the so detailed of how you're creating your spirits. I mean, the, you're the honestly the first distiller that we've spoke, spoken to that are cultivating their own yeast and, and creating that stream, which, again – this is a whole new side of craft. And, you know, you're going through the process, I would imagine, of saying, all right, if we do it at this temperature and then we do it at this temperature and you're, you know, really selecting what you're creating your flavor profile right. of, but that's coming off the yeast too. That's just the grain, the yeast, all that. Everything comes together. Wow. Everything comes together. And actually, I, there's, there's actually other distillers that I know of, and actually one of my idols, uh, Alan, uh, Alan Bishop uh, at a Spirit of French Lick. Um, phenomenal distiller. Um, his weeded bourbon is incredible. Um, he does another, a lot of historical stuff yes. for his area, and, and he does his yeast. So he has his own yeast. He also has his own corn strain that he's working on, his own hybrid. Um, and uh, so... And he does it too. So I, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm the first. No, you're not. But but I think that when look, let's face it. You know, a lot of distillers. You're in the industry. I mean, there's so many there's so many moving parts to this, Woody. That you know, even starting down the road of saying, you know, we're going to cultivate our own yeast strain, and you got to go harvest it, and then you got to figure out if it's going to work, and all the all the parts of that. I mean, sometimes we're just happy to have yeast, right? Right. And then you may just want to select some different yeast sources or some different types of yeast. That's where people start. I mean, they're they're happy to fire up the still and, you know, get something coming out of it. Right. You've really thought through the whole process. You really have. I mean, and and you've got, again, this family history that's given you a, a base to jump from to give you a mindset of what you're doing to really get to where you are today. Have there been any of those moments where, you know, now you're you're given the keys of the candy store here, so to speak, to do your own, run your own distillery, but have there been some times when you're like, uh, that day was not a great day or that moment was not a great moment where you stopped and said, I don't know if I really want to do this? There's been, uh, actually, there's been a lot of times, even at home, doing it at home, um, blowing up the, uh, the barley. Uh, at the time, we had wall-to-wall carpeting in the house and, uh, the barley blew up in the uh, in the dining room. Oh, uh, my wife was not happy. When that, you that say <laughs> blew up in the dining room, it uh, <laughs> it pressurized, and when it foamed up, it basically just it leaked out. And when it leaked out, it went up the side of the wall and down, and it leaked straight down um, the floor into the basement so much that there was a brown streak. Going. So the conversation was, um, your days of doing this at home are done, or don't ever do that again, or, hey, you know. 
I, 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 I can't remember the last thing that hit me in the head was a shoe. I don't remember after that point. <laughs> now, um, it, now my, my wife, I, I, you know, I love my wife, but uh, that was, that was a, a time where she looked at me and she's like, if you're really going to do this, you ain't doing it in here. And uh, she, she's behind me 100%. And, I mean, she helps me out here. Uh, she helps at the Sun Inn and stuff like that. She, she's great. And, and without, without her support, I wouldn't be here. But there's a time that I was, my daughter who goes to Pitt, um, her and I do Rome. Every time we do Rome, or any time I do Rome, I like to have my daughter because she's, she's my Rome queen. She doesn't, does she drink? She likes Malibu, I think. Okay. But she's only 20, but we'll not say that. <laughs> well, yet. all right. So number one, your daughter doesn't drink because she's only 20 and you've never home distilled because that would be, that'd be illegal. 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 So a lot of the stories you're sharing today are just things you've made up. Hypothetical. Yeah. There's hypothetical yeah. Yeah, of stories. Yeah. If, yeah. if we were in a parallel. You're like the Stephen King of distillers. You can you can tell a story without the hatchet, <laughs> without the hatchet or Mike Myers mask. Um, but my daughter, she'll come over here, and the barrels that the the molasses came in are are thinner than the regular plastic barrels of that you you find out in the regular market. So when I was picking up the barrel using the lift, the forklift separated. And the, the, the molasses barrel snuck through the two forks and ended up open upside down on the floor here. And you're talking 40 gallons spread throughout the floor. And I mean, I called my wife up. She, she starts cracking up. She's like, what'd you do? I'm like, I was real molasses. When you, when you call your wife up, she's like, the first response is, what did you what'd do? What'd you do? Yeah. yeah well, 90% of the time. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, hey, I'm just calling to say, hey. No, because I would text. Okay. I would text. But no. <laughs> oh, oh, a phone call means something hit the floor. Phone call. Yeah, exactly. Barley <laughs> is now climbing up the walls. Yeah. Molasses hit the floor. Phone call is like, I need bio money. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But, um, yeah, she came over. She helped me clean up. Um, my daughter is really upset because, you know, that was her molasses. That was her, you know, her rum. You know, she was home for the day. She wanted to do that, you know. And that at that point, I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I, my kid doesn't believe in me. My kid thinks I'm, you know, I mean, I, I, that really hit me. Um, not, not, you know, not so much my, my wife, you know, <laughs> looking at me and like, oh, shaking her head. It was my kid going, oh, God, Dad. I think that's special, though, that there's that connection for both of you to really share the experience, and, and, and she looks forward to it. I she mean, does. She does. It's not something where she feels like it's drudgery or that it's, you know, hey, it's a family obligation. She really, you know, it sounds like you and your wife and, you know, your daughter, this has become, you know, a family project. Yeah, I mean, right? I, yeah, my, my son actually is involved. He's... 16. Um, he does the bottling now. He's starting to learn how to do some of the stuff. Um, he's, he's getting a little streetwise now. Um, I'm glad he's getting a little streetwise. You know, uh, he has to ask, you know, what proof is it before he drinks or he tastes it? Because um, the first time he had 190 proof, I mean, he looked at me. I mean, his face was like I, he melted. And he's well, like, I mean, at 16, your palate's not quite ready for that kind of proof. Like, look, even even for us, I mean, we're not ready for that unless you kind of get a sense of what's going in your I mean, mouth. Yeah, exactly. But I just want to see his, his, Oh, yeah. You good. Know, Way just, to go, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, what Uncle Argyle and my dad did to me growing up, I mean, that's cakewalk for him. I mean, my Uncle Argyle used to give me chewing tobacco at, like, you know, when I was in third grade. Um, 
first time I got drunk was on Boilo, and I was maybe in fifth grade. And the last, last thing I remember, the, fir- the first time I got drunk on the Boilo, I was in, uh, it was my cousin's wedding. My cousin Virginia was ma- getting married to a guy, his real name, Jack Frost. Now, her younger sister was upset because they could, she could not go to the after party. She had to watch me. So what she did was, you know, she brought the, the Boilo out and the Michelob uh, light. Or actually, it was Miller Light at the time. So I was drinking with them, and I was maybe fourth or fifth grade. Maybe. I'm, I'm speculating. And the last thing I remember was drinking the Boilo, and my head was hanging out of a, 1960, a convertible 1969 Chevelle in the middle of the winter, driving through Shenandoah, Pennsylvania, and I was going, and, and wait, wait, you're doing this, and you're still fourth or fifth grade, yeah, in the Chevelle, just driving where? Uh, well, my cousin was like I said, my, my my cousin's younger sister was upset that she couldn't go to the after wedding party. So now you're going so, to the party? No, no. So she got me drunk. <laughs> To take me over to her grandmother's on the other side oh, of the family to drop okay. me off. And then she and her boyfriend could oh, go to yeah. the after dinner party. So when, when they got there, well, well, you know, he was drunk. You had to take him over to, you know, my, my grandmother's. My mom and dad were like, you'll learn. Woody, you've mentioned this Boilo several times. Yes. When we come back, we're going to try the great spirits, the great distilled spirits and Boilo from Christmas City Spirits. Excellent. Brewskits, beer, grain, dog, bones, brewskits, your dog will go wild. Brewskits, beer, grain, dog, bones, a healthy alternative for your pup. Brewskits are all natural and made in the USA. Visit brewskit.com. That's B-R-E-W-S-C-U-I-D.com. We are back. Woody, we have so many things here to try. I am so excited. Um, What is the first thing that you poured here for us? All right. The very first thing is a vodka. Okay. Um, this is uh, a Tito's style vodka for mixing specifically. It's for it's for most of your bar mixers. Um, if as you, as you smell it right now, like you said, you get the little. Thyme. I got lemon. I got thyme. I got pepper. I you know you get the little hint of vanilla on here too. I mean that's what I get from from your craft vodka. It's got a wonderful nose on here. Appreciate that. Appreciate yeah, I love it. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, it's basically it's a Tito style. It's it's neutral grain. It's warming. Um, it, like it has a, a little subtle uh, nose to it. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say subtle because when you go to the next one, the select grain, you're gonna you're gonna just open up. But I mean, subtle. It's just gonna be uh, all the the nuances. And I, w- I would say. The questionable, like, oh, I smell this, I smell that. Everybody's different on it because everybody has their own olfactory senses and their own Oh, own absolutely. Memory. You can say you smell something, you taste right. something. I may not get that. Or what I enjoy is there's something that you have an experience that you pull out of that, you know, you suggest it. Now, some, some of it is power of suggestion, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, some of it is realistically saying, oh. This is there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now I, 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 there was like this nuanced flavor. I wasn't sure, but now that you told me, I get it. Right. And I, I usually don't like to do that um, when I do tastings with people. Um, when, when I did the tastings with the partners and asked them, um, I came in with like over, I would have to say, 40 different flavors. Um, and that was just a rum. And, you know, we narrowed it down. They're like, well, which one's this? I'm like, I can't tell you because if I knew what it was, I can lean you towards what I want you to take. Bob Piano, 
of Gallows Hill Spirits, which isn't that far from here. Yeah, I met Bob this weekend over... One of the things we shared is that sometimes that's not there, but because of this and this, they're combining to make that. And and that was fascinating when he pointed it out. So, you know, I, you, you could say, well, hey, Rich, there are no lemons in here, but it's the yeast and it's the grain and there's certain things and components that come out of there, and that's why you're tasting the lemon. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So that's that's also the fascinating part. Now, what we really need to do with this, Woody, is have the Tito's people run around and saying, hey, it's our, our vodka now is like a Christmas City Spirits. Right. So, so <laughs> when they go and they have to sell it, oh, this is like the Christmas City Spirits vodka. So we, we kind of flip that, right? I, I would love that. I definitely would love that. Um, yeah, um, it, it's basically a neutral. So when... We go on to the next one, which is our select grain. You definitely, it's not what it is. Like you're saying, it's, I mean, in 2019, TTB finally said, hey, they caught up with the European rules. It doesn't have to be neutral grain. It could have the character of the original grain. And this is what we're bringing out. We're bringing the character. We're bringing the feel. We're, we're, we're bringing you smells. You're not supposed to smell anything in vodka. That's what they say. But I, I can tell you, craft vodka. I get a great nose. There's a flavor profile here. This is a corn base. Yes. So you do to me, it's almost like that that, that sugar corn pop. I, I get a little bit of that corn nature to it, but there's a sweetness of it. Right. Um, I, you know, and there's a creaminess to your vodka, which I really enjoy. I appreciate that. I actually could drink this without it being in a mixer. I actually like sipping this. That's a great sipping vodka. Okay. Now it's like, now we lead in to... Select grain, baby. Select grain. I'm like, select grain, baby. (laughs) Select grain, baby. (laughs) Put the checkbooks away. Um, So now, I guess my question for you is, did you start with the select grain and alter to the corn-based vodka, or did you always have the corn-based vodka, and then just with your experience with your farmers and what you're doing... Is that just something that came naturally? The, the, the normal vodka, or the, I guess the, the mixing, the bar-style vodka, um, that was the secondhand. Um, compared to, because a lot of people, they would drink the select grain. They're like, oh, the, uh, it's not potatoes. Not all. Well, not, not all. No, not I don't know where the whole, I, I guess when we're going back to the 70s and 60s, you know, and, and the idea that everything of vodka was potatoes. Yes, and, and that's the mindset of people, right? Everybody thinks it's got to be zero flavor. It's got to be zero character. Um, it's just got to be clean, no fragrance, nothing. Um, so that's why we had to merge to that because our select grain has the character of where it was produced. Now, when you first smell it, um, like I said, it, it's made with wheat and oats. Now, anything you make with oats, like when you have oatmeal in the morning and you uh, you put brown sugar on it. You, you don't taste the oats. You just taste the brown sugar. The oats actually enhance whatever you're mixing it with. If you put, you know, apples in there, apples and cinnamon for your oatmeal, the oatmeal is just enhance it. So what's happening is the oatmeal is going to enhance the wheat and the sweetness of the wheat. So what's going to happen is when you guys first smell this, it's going to smell like a fruit to you. There's no fruit in it. What happens is your olfactory senses can't register a wheat as being sweet. Gotcha. So it's it's registering as something fruity. It is. 
<laughs> oh, that's that's bubblegum. Yeah, I got bubblegum on that. I, I get that. That's the sweetness of it. Yeah, but it's not. There's no bubblegum. There's no flavoring. I get raspberries. Yeah. I get berries on there. Right. If you say snozberries, I'm not going to lick wallpaper. <laughs> I'm just going to say that is tremendous. Now, 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 so now that you have it in your nose, you're going to taste that going down. Now, I get lavender a little bit on get there. A, you'll get a lot of floral essence on it. Yeah. And when you when you taste it, the oats will actually envelop your mouth with the creaminess that you had on the first one, but it's actually going to envelop it a lot more. So you'll get a lot more sweetness, and you'll get a lot more fruitiness out of it. But it's not the fruit, or it's not, it's just the sweetness of the wheat that you're pulling in. I, I'm I'm really enjoying the nose on here, Woody. I, I get honeysuckle to this. I mean, there's all this sweetness that comes. Um, I'm 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 like bubble not yeah I'm getting bubblicious that's that's where I'm on <laughs> it's my hubba bubba yeah oh my god I can't do they still make hubba bubba yeah they oh, do good. Yeah, I think they do yeah I mean next thing you know you're gonna pull out that freshen up where the the the, the, the liquid the gel caps yeah yeah, yeah. who won, who came up with the idea of squirting gum I don't know I I, I I'm not even gonna tackle that okay. That's awesome. I mean, I, I that's just something that I, I the nose on that is so much to play with, and um, you know, kudos to you guys. The, the the great part about that, I mean, I I mean, everything I do, I want you to to drink it straight, and I want you. To, I mean, if you want to put it on the rocks, great. I mean, drink it straight. I'm not sure. What? <laughs> <laughs> that is really good. But when you mix that, I mean. A dirty martini, it's it's uh, it's not really great, but you mix that with a Cosmo or something like that. I wouldn't want to mix that. That is delicious. The way it is. Thanks. No, but to your point, the the vodka becomes that vehicle where you start to say, "What else could I bring this with to just create a whole new level?" Right. Right. The oat to me gives it a creaminess. Yes. Just as you know, I'm a big fan of oat milk now. Right. And and it just really provides. You know, when I talk about this vehicle, it just transfers where I think it, what it does is it coats your mouth so that fruity floral essence of all this just lingers. Yes. It lingers. It really does. I, I get Swedish fish too now. Yeah, I mean, it, it just, it, it is the character of the grain. It's, like I said, this is, this is Uncle Argon's wow. grains. I mean, these are, but... Ken and Heather have been growing them for us, and you know Ken's meticulous about the way he grows them, and that flavor is carrying through. This is special. Appreciate that. This is really special. Is there a spe- like a certain drink that they like to make with this? Not with those. We've been doing it with the cherry bounce and the boilo. Um, what? Yes, actually, there is. Um, do you guys like uh, Bloody Marys? Yeah. Oh, who doesn't like a Bloody Mary? Um, they do something because. Well, I mean, I know people don't. <laughs> And, I, and we don't talk to those people anymore. <laughs> we're not, we're, unfriend, check, control, exactly. delete, you're out of here. Um, we do a Queen Mary with this, and it's fantastic. Okay, Woody, you went to the refrigerator, Sorry. and you brought back this Queen Mary. This is something they make at the Sun Inn? This is correct. This is uh, Billy and Holly, and, and, and can I do a shout-out to... Yeah. Congra- yeah. congratulations. Shout-out to, to everybody. Congratulations to Billy and Holly on uh, the... Uh, Announcement of their uh, first pregnancy. Okay. So, I mean, Billy's the wait, chef at the Wait, at, do they know? Who are you? Yeah, don't tell them yet. Yeah. Let's, let's keep that just between you and me right now. We're not going to tell Billy that Holly's pregnant. No, actually, no. We're not telling Holly that Billy's pregnant. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, anymore, who knows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, you just poured us this Queen Mary. Why do you call it a Queen Mary, not a Bloody Mary? Um, because uh, we're associated with the sun and with the history. Okay. Um, the queen. And the queen and the king and all yeah, that stuff. Right. Now, I have to tell you something. I get seafood on the palate here. Huge seafood. Shrimp. Yes. Deep in the shrimp. Where's that coming from? Um, that would be the cocktail sauce. I'll tell you what. Again, I would have thought that maybe what you did was you boiled out shrimp shells or you took... Like the sea, like crab. That's great. Are you getting that? Yeah. That's awesome. And this is bottled. You guys sell this bottle. You sell that bottle at the uh, Sun Inn. That's a great Bloody Mary. That is Queen Mary. Sorry to the royalty that I left them off. The aristocracy. That is that is great. Bring out the wow. royal shot This is this is already. <laughs> you've already exceeded our expectations, and we only have tried two things in a in a in a, a ready to drink cocktail. Okay. Okay. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. That's delicious. So what is next on our adventure? Okay. The next item would be... I'm sorry. The Colonial Rum. This is a Colonial Rum. Um, It actually mirrors uh, the blend of the French, Spanish, and and English-style rums. I'm sorry. I just want to say this. (laughs) All I want is some spice around... It's like like some Bloody Mary rimming spice on here. Oh yeah, that's all that I'm. I don't even need the garnish on this. I just I just although if you want to do shrimp, bay, yeah. if you want to do shrimp cocktail like hanging off there or maybe some uh, some crab claws, I'll do that. But this is phenomenal. Appreciate that. All right, let's go back to the rum. Sorry about where, the where was I? The rum, the rum, the colonial. It's it's a blend of the English, the French, and the Spanish influence of the Caribbean. Um, it mirrors exactly what they would have. In the colonial times. Now, this is the rum that you spoke about that you make with your daughter. That I mean, and what's your daughter's name? My daughter, Morgan. Morgan. All right. So you and Morgan come together. You take your molasses. Was it a process for you um, to choose what you wanted to use as your base for this? Yes. Were there things that you experimented with? Oh, I, I've, I've been um, experimenting, in quotes. Okay. Um, it's 96, 95. Um, so you knew right from the start where you had the distillery and everything set up. You knew, hey, this is the molasses. This is the grade of molasses. This is how we want to create our rum. Actually, the molasses was uh, was told to me by Uncle Argyle, you know, which type. You know, you, know, you need a black strap. Okay. You definitely need a black strap. But at that time, um, they were using black strap molasses on uh, the feed, leftover feed. And he would use that on the corn and the barley, the rye, the wheat, and he'd blend it all together and make a sweet feed whiskey. But, you know, before, you know, if he had enough molasses, he would do a rum. Um, and this is similar to his style. Um, that he made, but this is more colonial in that the fact that you're going to get a, a little bit more black strap, strap flavor and the back set, but you get a hell of a sweetness Gotcha. once, once you taste it. One of the nice things is while, you're, while you've been talking about the rum, I've gone back to your base vodka. Yes. And it really, what I've, what I've noticed now is you really get more of that spicy note, the peppery notes that come out. From the vodka, and I'm really just enjoying. That's why I like going back to things. Um, and I think if you're if you're tasting things where you're doing tastings, save a little bit after you go through the process, and then come back because <laughs> you're going to find that other things come out. It, I mean, it, different it, different things influence yeah, your flavor, your olfactory senses, uh, your mood. Um, 
influence. This what is we smell. Wow, this is I just banana taffy. Yes, those laffy taffy bananas. That's there. Now you're on the rum. Yeah, no, no. This is wow. I get that funkiness you want to get. The, there's a pineapple note to it. Um, floral, little, yeah, floral, a little grassiness. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you already. I mean, just thank you. This is uh, this is a wonderful treat so far. I wonder. I mean, so you're Christmas City Spirits. You're in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. How do people that are listening to the podcast? Are you shipping out of the state? How how are how can we people... we, do, we do have a website, uh, Tavern of the Sun Inn. We're part of the Tavern of the Sun, and you do a search for Christmas City Spirits. Um, we do ship out of state. Um, we do ship in state. Um, some certain out of state, certain states are acceptable. Um, I think it's Kentucky, New Hampshire. Florida and I'm I don't know. But okay, but they go to the website and they can go to the website exactly and they where they, see exactly. so so for those that are listening to the podcast and saying, "Wow, I you know, th- that sounds like something I haven't had before or something I like to add to my collection." They can definitely, you know, see if if it's it, it's available right. for shipping. And if and if you're in the area, I mean, within reason. Um we you'll, do, you'll we, drive it out to wherever you want to go. I'm, there has been when you're heading out to see your family in Pittsburgh, at Pitt, I've done that. Your daughter, yes, yeah. right? I, at Morgan, say, hey, we're just driving. We'll, we'll throw a couple cases I, in the car. I have draw, drove. <laughs> You've driven? I, I have driven. <laughs> I have driven, which is, is Slovakian for drove. Okay. Um, my wife drove. <laughs> I just sat in the passenger seat. Um, we drove out to Pittsburgh, and we delivered uh, Cherry Bounce to um, a Washington uh, reenactor. Um, we deliver cherry bounce. I mean, I, I, if I'm driving somewhere and, you, you know, if you say, hey, are you coming to, you know, Montgomery County? I got friends down there. You know, I can drive down. I can visit them. Bucks County, Lower Bucks. I can deliver, go stop and see my mom, get yelled at. Delaware County? Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I, can, I don't care. I, I can hop on a motorcycle and just take a ride, man. I love how, with your rum, everything that's presented in the nose comes out on your mouth. On the tasting notes. I get that banana. I get that pineapple. I get that funkiness of the rum. There's floral notes to this. Wow. I wasn't even sure. And it's a, nice, <laughs> it's a nice sweet. What I've noticed about your spirits so far is, is, is there's a, a, a little bit of a heavy viscosity to it. Yes. Um, and, and, and again, I think that's the creamy nature to what I get to enjoy from your spirits. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with our head, too. Um, Andrew Bailey from uh, Cold Springs Copper Works down in Tennessee, he built the, our still. Um, and that's uh, like a Tennessee-style head. And that head actually pulls a lot of the essences in, a lot of the, the fragrances, a lot of the mouthfeel that you're getting. And it actually, the, the, the more you do it, I mean, the more mouthfeel. And then, you know, depending on how much back set you're putting in, you get a lot more. Now, is this something, again, we're looking at your pot still. Yes. Is this something that, as a family, this would have been the, style, the kind of pot still that your family yes, had? Yes, actually, I have my great-grandmother's still. I only have the base. I don't have the head. Um, it was, I think it was a 10-gallon. I think if, if, I'm not good on measurements, you know. Um, it's a 10-gallon, I think, that she used to put on the wood stove. And the reason they put it on the wood stove is... In the winter, nobody know you were cooking right in the middle of the day yeah. with no smoke coming. Now, I wonder, did some of that 
the wood smokiness was there any in part? No, in no, because it, it, it was a totally enclosed okay. system. Um, in fact, the funny thing is, um, this still, um, my uncle had to rebuild it um, in nineteen. I hope I get this right. In, in the fifties, sixties, uh, at our, my grandmother's, my grandmother's farmhouse on my dad's side, my uncle forgot to clean out the pipe, the lin arm on the still. He actually blew up my grandmother's kitchen on the farm. Oh but, but you know, there's always a silver lining. Well, where, where's the silver lining here? Um, she finally got indoor plumbing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she stopped moving it out. So what happened was after um, the kitchen, it was a huge kitchen, um, the stove was up against the one wall. When that wall blew up... Um, my dad, his two brothers, they decided to get Woody, him. this is exactly why we have that disclaimer. Do not try this not, at home. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, yeah, Under I'm, parental supervision, <laughs> do not try this at home. It's funny. I'm a parent, and I really need a parent supervising <laughs> me. So. You know what? I, I feel like, you know, we, we've, um, we, we've gone through the all-star lineup so far, and you've really provided three, and, and with the bloody... Queen Bloody Mary mix, you, you provided four amazing spirits. So what what is coming next? Um, next is our barley whiskey. This is our select grain barley. Now, this is something, is this something you're just releasing now or you just have a new batch you're releasing? We have a new batch um, that we just released. Um, we, as soon as it's out, there's people buy it. Um, it is made with six-row barley, unmalted. And we do use malted. Okay. Take us through that. Okay. What, your thought process and all that other stuff. Okay. Um, Lehigh University did a search. Now, the Sun Inn is the one local place with history. In Bethlehem, when it first started, we had Christian Broom, which was the brother's house for Bethlehem, where all the single males stayed, and they learned gunsmithing. They learned brewing, farming, and distilling. And one of the Lehigh uh, historians found that they had barley over there, wheat, uh, rye, at the distillery site. They have a whole um, a manifest of what the distiller had, and I'll show you that. See, if I go back to college, that's those are the courses I want to take. And I, I, we can do that. <laughs> college is the best 10 years of my life, so... <laughs> But um, so the barley itself, I mean, it's six row. Nobody does six row. Um, no, it's usually two row. Right? It's all it's all two row, and it's okay. got to be malted because you have the single malts. Everybody wants to mimic and and, and repeat that. Um, I I don't like repeating somebody else. I mean, the Tito's. I mean, if if somebody wants a Tito's, you know, there's Tito's. I well, can't. That's why with that's Tito's. why Tito's is Tito's, and right. and your Christmas City spirits. If you want something different. Or something that is craft, then they're going to gravitate towards you. Correct. Right? Yes. Right. And, that, and that's 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 what I. And I love like. the idea that what you're telling me is that look, you can go out and you can be a wood worker. Like we 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 talked to, um, you know, we we just had Scott from Scott's Mini Wood Shop, and um, he, he he makes these wonderful, you know, he turns these wonderful things. Out of out of wood, and but you know you could select pine, you could select you know oak, you could select you, 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 that's what you're doing with your craft. You're going out and you're so, you know I, I could do two row, but I want to do six row. 
And there's a thought process behind why you're going to do six row. Well, six row, I mean, <clears throat> the difference between six row and, and, and two row, I mean, if you, I mean, you have to go back, I mean, Egyptian times. Um, barley was one of the big things for making beer. I mean, barley was, barley and wheat during the Egyptian times was one of the predecessors for uh, testing a woman's pregnancy. Uh, I mean, if you got, um, this is new to me. By the way, did you? I, I'm, I'm not. I love Egyptian uh, times. Is, is there, <laughs> it's it's is, so up my alley. Is there a plus or a minus for you, Dawn? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not a great translator of hieroglyphics, but historic uh, alligator. No, um, the actual um, barley and wheat. Um, from what I read, uh, the women brewers, if a woman thought she was pregnant, a woman would urinate on the grains, both barley and wheat. Um, and if the, I, I, I don't know if I'm saying this right, or it might be the reverse. If the barley sprouted, it would be a male. If the wheat sprouted, it would be a female. And that's how they did the test, because you know the barley would not sprout if she was pregnant, but the wheat would. And the same thing, I mean, this... I, I, I don't ever... No, what I'm gonna learn when we sit down with somebody, I didn't anticipate that. I well, I mean, I I read it. Now, don't don't. I mean, I mean, I read it don't online. Don't quote you. We already did. <laughs> Sorry, Abe Lincoln said that when you read this online, I I, I read that in in a different uh, one of the things because um, I don't sleep much, so I read a lot online. Uh, I, I go to different websites and do a lot of stuff on there. Um, and that was one of the things. Now, six row, when the colonists first arrived, um, they wanted to get the most bang out of the area. Six row and two row, they're both the same um, seed or grain. The only thing is one's, uh, like, uh, I would say dominant, and the other one's recessive trait. The uh, recessive trait is the two row. Oftentimes, when we go to harvest and review our and look at our six row, you'll see some two row plowing in there. I mean, some people can argue and say, "Well, that's because you got two row mixed in." It's just a it's just a trait. It's kind of like uh, when you look at different corns. It's just a trait you got to look for. The six row, like I said, I mean, you have a stalk growing up, and you'll have three rows on each side. So, if you're a colonist and you have an acre of land. You want to try to get the most out you of your land. You want the most in the land, right. so you're going to grow six six row. Now, six row in the brewing industry has more diastatic power, meaning when you malt six row, it'll convert this, the actual starch in that grain plus the surrounding grain a little bit more. So it's a more hardy grain. So, I mean, hereditarily, if you think about this, if the grain sprouts up in the field and drops... With a six row, it has enough enzyme to convert the starch in that grain, but the surrounding seeds that are in the soil. Two row, it's more or less, it's kind of narrowing that, that circle. So six row is something that nobody's ever done. And you want to bring flavor out of that. So, I mean, I, I, I've done the barley myself for the historical fact, because, I mean, I love barley. I don't want to do the malt because I, I mean, my brother-in-law drinks scotch all the time. I want something, you know, different, something new, unique. Um, it's not malty. It's got a nutty flavor. It's got a nutty nose to it, but it has a, it has the fruitiness. There's so much on the nose here, even to dissect. 
the first thing I got was 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 um, maple syrup. I got this sweetness, like deep into maple syrup. You get the grain, the herbaceousness of 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 of, of what comes next. Caramel, the vanilla. Now, how long you're aging this? That's a space. That's a, that's a fast age. I actually aged that in about a month. Okay, but so it gives it some color. But you're really not getting a lot of the oaky characteristics to this. Just a little bit. A hint. Yeah. A hint of it. You want to bring out the grain in that. I also get so much pepper notes to this. So much spicy notes. Um, Almost like there's some jalapeno in in, in the fish. That that, that is, I mean, like I said, there's there's several yeast strains in there. That's part of the yeast strain. See, that's a thing. You're you're creating a, a whole different flavor profile out of this. Because of your yeast strain that you're using too, that wasn't mine. That's somebody. That's, that's somebody thing. else's. That's a store bought. Well, whoever, whoever's, whoever is. <laughs> no, I mean, so this is. There's like what I find about our experience right now, Woody, and sitting down together, is that there's a story in every. There's a story in every bottle. There's. This is like you know. You want to sit down. You want to taste this. You really want to pull this apart. And really enjoy the uniqueness of, of, of what you're producing. I agree. I mean, most of this stuff, I mean, I, not only me, but I, I, I believe that every distiller that's out there, Steve Bayshore, uh, Lisa Roperwicker, um, you know, uh, Alan Bishop, we create things that we want you to create a memory. I mean, we want you, this bottle, I want you to, you know, to save it for your daughter's graduation, your son's bar mitzvah. And you know, when you're sitting around with your friends and you go, hey, you remember that, you know, that drink we had back then? This is what we, why we create this stuff. We want memories. Um, we want you to remember it. I mean, that's me personally. That's what I believe everybody's out there doing. Um, I, I want you to, to build a relationship on this. I, I want you to create a memory. I mean, this, I, I believe we only get one shot at life. <laughs> and this, you know... You know, when I look like this, you know, look, there are plenty of, of whiskeys on the market. There are plenty of different spirits on the market. <clears throat> this is, to me, you can look at a sunset, but they're never the same ever. And, and this is your expression of what a sunset would look like if it were a whiskey. Yes, yes. Now, I mean, I do have corn whiskeys that I've done. Um, as I, as I said, uh, you know, we talked about it. Um, we're working, I was talking with Doc, we have a, a Bloody Butcher, and we have a Dark Bloody Butcher, and we have a, a Light Bloody Butcher that we're working on. Both are going to give you different, I mean, I'm going to try them out, see what the, the partners think, and then we'll go from there. So, everything is an expression, and we want to make everything memorable. You can start to take grains, work with different grains, create a whole different expression, and I love that. That's, that's exactly, I mean, you, you, you're just really creating some wonderful spirits, but you've got this great partnership with your farmers and your grain producers. We do. We do. Um, uh, the, the farmer, like I said, um, Ken, uh, he, Ken's background is, uh, I think he's got his undergraduate in, in chemical engineering or chemistry. Um, he's got his PhD and his MD, um, cardiology, obviously, but he, he is a purveyor of the land. He really takes him and Heather, his wife, they really take care of the land. Um, if, as I said, if you ever walk his land, um, the topsoil, I've never walked on a field that is as spongy 
as his in the offseason. That it, it, it is so aerated and it is so well maintained. Um, it's so dark and, 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 and rich with, with um, minerals that you know, it brings out the flavor that we do. I'm just smiling. <laughs> I love learning this. Now, what are you shaking up there? I love the color on that. This is our cherry bounce. This is, Martha, as I said, or as you went to the men's room and made a comment about the arm on my wall, that is Martha Washington's arm from our museum. And since Martha Washington stayed at the Sun Inn, as well as George did, um, this is... Together? I can't answer that. <laughs> no, I mean, like, Martha showed up, George was out, you know, leading the troops. I, I, you know, I, I, that's I don't, what, Okay. I, they were... I don't know. Okay. I, I don't... I could have been Martha and... I don't know. I, <laughs> Paul Revere? I'm not saying it. I'm not starting any rumors there. Okay. <laughs> wow. You're, you're really dropping bombs now, right? Yes, I am. Welcome to the TMZ portion of the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, this is Martha Washington's recipe for Cherry Bounce. She would actually make this for, for George, and he would traverse the Alleghenies with a cask of this. Okay, so you mentioned Steve Bayshore, yes. and Steve was oh our guest God. on episode 50 uh, of our podcast, and Steve is the distiller at George Washington's Mount Vernon Distillery. And I'm curious now whether he knows about this. Oh, my God. Yes, he actually has a bottle. Wonderful. He actually has a um, bottle of yours? A bottle of mine. He actually what? has a first round okay. bottle that we sent out So there. my question is, is that something that he – I, I, I got to reach out to Steve and say, hey, is this something that is in one of George's manifests or in the history that he's talked about, diaries or what have you? Yeah, that was a good question. Um, it's something I probably should have asked him last weekend when I met him, because um, he we had the American whiskey. Yep, we convention. just came off the we American came whiskey off convention, that. and and like I said, I, I met Steve, uh, Lisa Roper Wicker, and um, Eve uh, from Catacacton. I can't Catacton say, Creek. Catacton Creek. I, I butchered English. That's okay. Um, I met all three of them, and I was so awestruck. I mean, it was like celebrity. I am right now. <laughs> this is like... Oh I, I was so awestruck by meeting them. I'm going, ah, 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 ah. my shoes are tied. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, but I, I, I met those guys. And I, I mean, that would have been a great question. I mean, I talked to Steve uh, briefly. Number one, his photography is, is phenomenal. Um, his rye whiskey is, is good. Um, I mean, phenomenal. I mean, the unaged, the two-year, four-year... <laughs> You're sucking now, the lips down. You're like, okay. Now I know. You sound like my grandfather after he had a... <laughs> I, was, I was in love with just nosing it. I now I know <laughs> why we won the Revolutionary War. And thank you to Martha for this cherry bounce. This is... There's so many... This is like a rock and rye with, with those clove notes, those baking spice notes. Yes. There's, there's so many things to unpack on this. Yes. Woody, what is in that bottle? Martha's Lemonade. Martha's Lemonade. So you're taking the Cherry Bounce and you're adding more flavor to that. What, what are you creating here? This is Martha's Lemonade. This basically is our Select Grain Vodka, the Cherry Bounce, some lemon juice, some simple syrup and water. Um, that is our primary thing. Um, this... 
actually launched a number of people. Well, actually, when people come into the Sun Inn and they tasted this, this actually launched a number of businesses go, uh, yeah, I want the Cherry Bounce. So I would tell people, yeah. I mean, all these spirits so far have been really amazing. Definitely things that you're going to want to have in your collection or bring friends over and try or just enjoy on your own. But, you know, this Cherry Bounce, and while you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, when we talked about what, what could you make as a mixer or a cocktail, I really wanted to introduce that select grain vodka in here. I want like 10 bottles just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. my, my wife would put this, well, I'm a big fat guy, you know, I eat ice cream. My wife puts it over ice cream. She puts it over that cheesecake. I'll tell you what, oh, here's what yeah. I'd like to do. I mean, and this is for the Sun Inn. That's a great item. To add with duck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he does a duck. Ah, uh, see, he beat me to it. He does a duck, <laughs> and that duck, uh, that, uh, Billy does a duck that's, that's phenomenal. Um, I, have, I have a habit of, like, Billy owns the People's Kitchen in Bethlehem, and he, and he also has the Sun Inn. And um, every Sunday when my, my son's home um, from camping, we're like, all right, we're going to Billy's. And that's a, that's a, a ritual for our family. Yeah, that but that Billy, is just that that's just you can take that, you can cook with it. I can see you doing um, just some feet. so many. Yeah. Oh, I mean, even <laughs> even if you want to bathe it, huh? okay. Even even baked goods, yes. right? Yes. Even even baked goods with that. Um, that was with with chocolate. Um, it's phenomenal. Oh wow, yeah. No. I think I think we're at our. Th- this is your sixth spirit, right? Have we? This is the we are getting into the boilo. The boilo. This is the one you've really ramped up. You've you've teased us with. This is the boilo. This is the. I, I hope I meet your expectations. This is the long-awaited <laughs> boilo. <laughs> you, 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 you're not as upset as some people. Are. <laughs> uh, bring back the vodka. <laughs> bring back the barley. Sorry, I got whiskey. I, I forgot to shake it. Okay. That's some heavy-duty shaking. Yes. You have to shake this. This is uh, – we don't filter. I mean, minimal filter. I mean, we want you to taste everything that's coming out of it. Um, the boil-out was never, never filtered. Growing up in the coal regions, it was Well, no. I mean, who, yeah. would, who would have filtered – I mean, you just – who has time? You're distilling, you're bottling, you're, you're you know – Filter. I mean, yeah, I think yeah, people would laugh and yell. They kind of giggle, you become the butt of everybody's <laughs> joke. You know, You're there's right. Argyle. He's filtering. Yeah, he's riding a short bus. <laughs> now, normally, this is the the, the boilo is drank or drunk warm. Okay. Um, this is room temperature. Like I said, this. Well, is, well in the distillery, just so people can understand. <laughs> Woody keeps the <laughs> distillery at 32 degrees. What I'm you won't see is the icicles coming off my nose and stuff like that. And I'm so, still sweating, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. This is tremendous. I, I, I can't believe you actually gave that to me. I wanted the nose at first. If I were to frame, because we're talking about Christmas, Christmas city spirits. This is Christmas in a bottle. That this is, is so different. This is a tradition to me, Woody, that it's 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 Christmas Eve and everybody's sitting around, you're decorating the tree, or you have friends and family over and you're doing the Christmas dinner. This is Christmas Day, you're watching the kids open the presents, you're watching the games or what this is something yes. that this just yes. takes you through the whole holiday season. I could even say you add that and make some sort of an eggnog out of. Yes. 
That would be amazing. I want this for my mom's for Christmas. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this, this, um, yeah, I mean, uh, as you said, Christmas city spirits, you know, and the Christmas. Boilo traditionally is from Thanksgiving on. Um, in cold regions, Pennsylvania, hunting season. is in, in the past, it used to be the first Monday after Thanksgiving. Everybody on that weekend, we'd be drinking that, you know, warming it up. Um, uh, my, my one friend um, that I used to go hunt with, he would warm it up, put it in his pocket, um, and he'd go out hunting. And he'd, you know, be out there in the woods for a little bit, and he'd need a little nip. He'd sit there with a shot glass and with a lighter under his shot glass trying to warm it up because it was just cold out there. But this is, from that point on, we drank this from... Like I said, uh, Thanksgiving, all the way up. You're tailgating with this. You're bringing yes, it to the yes. football game. You're there's, but I want to tell you this is this is an incredible. I've never had this. I'm so fortunate and so grateful that you're making this and keeping that tradition alive. I, I don't know anybody that's making this as far as a commercial. I don't. Just I, we, we are we are the first that are making it commercially. Um, there is another company out there. Yeah. I just I just noticed there's one more bottle. No, no, that's a, that's a cherry bounce. Oh, that's a cherry that's bounce. A cherry bounce. Okay, um, there. I, but yeah, I do have one more bottle. But I'm going to get that out of the fridge in a second. Okay, um, there's more. There's more. <laughs> Put your check yeah. away. Um, I, I mean, literally. I mean, this. Anytime it's cold, skiers love this. If you go skiing, I mean, at Montage or you just warm this up, drink it, and you're golden. This is incredible. You know, I like my hot toddies. Yeah, this is the hot. Toddies. I have to tell you. I, for me, again, I always think, all right, I love this straight. I love just drinking this neat. This is a cocktail I want to make with bourbon. Oh, yeah. To that, just just some different, your whiskey, just some different components to this just is mind-blowing. And I fail to remember their name right now. And I wish I could remember we saw somebody, we met a gentleman at the whiskey convention that has this wonderful kit for doing smoke into doing a smoke wash. He has an amazing kit. I wish I could remember his name right now, but I want to smoke. I want to add smoke to this. I really do. So that could be the next iteration, and we'll let you know how that goes. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, that That is true. That is wonderful. That's well, the Boilo's, like, historically, it's been around for many years. Um, like I said, my uncle gave me this recipe and, you know, he's, it, it's kind of funny, you know, growing up in a, a farm family, it's like my grandfather had one boiler recipe and his wife had another boiler recipe and then they come together and then my uncle's got the, you know, the merger of the two. And, and this is, this is what we got right there. So what is the base spirit for this? The base spirit on this is, is vodka. Vodka. Yeah. And then your Taking different spices and different spices, herbs, honey, herbs, and, uh, and, and citruses. Are you infusing it into there? I'm not infusing it. We're, we're actually you're steeping it. We're steeping it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we're steeping everything together. Wow, that is just wonderful. That is that is like this is this is Christmas Day. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like if, if you know, I asked Santa for everything on my list, and you gave me everything I wanted. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate I, look, I mean, this has been a, 
for me, this has been such a treat. This I mean, is you great. still have one more. I still have to right, run, run over to the fridge. I, I don't want to like try anything yeah, at this point. Like I, I get that. Was that that red rifle? The the, <laughs> red, the BB Red Rider rifle. rifle. Yeah, yeah, the Red Rider. <laughs> right? Shoot your eye out, kid. All right, Woody. You're just you're just like you're like you touched on Willy Wonka. So you're like like what else can you come up with? What is this? Um, this that we are drinking right now is made with Boilo. It's a honey peach tea. Boilo, select grain vodka again. Fresh peaches, iced tea, and fresh lemon juice. Can you make something that's horrible, please? <laughs> now I tell I'll tell you what, and this is what I noticed about your Martha's lemonade. And this cocktail that you're making here, not a high proof on it. No. It, is this coming off at, what, 50 proof? At- the, the Boilo itself is 56 All right. uh, proof. The Cherry Bounce is 40. So yeah, I mean, this is, you don't even know. This is going to catch up with you. It does. You don't even know that you're drinking alcohol. Because both of them, you could drink like a whole pile. Oh, my God. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. You literally could just, you know, just... Mm. You wouldn't even it wouldn't it would hit you at some point, but you wouldn't even yeah. There's not a lot of alcohol in this, which I think was just nice because you really get to taste the different you know the different layers of flavor. It, it, yeah, exactly, exactly, and you get to enjoy it um, and continue to enjoy it. And if you want to really again with what you poured here, add your whiskey to this, change that pro, that flavor profile as well. That could be fun too. Yep. Agreed. And you have one more. I have the last, <laughs> the very last one, which is um, this is the everlasting lasting Godstopper. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> is that I want it home below, but I want it now. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, the cinnamon. Oh no, I'm sorry. The cucumber mojito. Ooh. It's got colonial rum, mint sip, simple syrup, muddled cucumbers, fresh lime juice, and H2O. Woody, I really appreciate the fact that you're going through some of the cocktails you're making, some of the ready-to-drink cocktails you're making. Because, again, as somebody wants to just purchase the spirit itself, now you're providing them with some cocktails that are really popular, that are coming out of the Sun Inn that you're making there too, right? That is correct. And actually, if, uh, I mean, if, it, if some of the listeners are curious and want to try it at home with their own stuff, the uh, recipes are online. Great. So if they go to the Sun Inn and look up ChristmasCitySpirits.com, uh, they will find uh, some of our drink recipes um, with our stuff, but they could, you know, try it with their own stuff before they come up and try ours. You're making a lot of amazing, creative, unique spirits. What's the future for Christmas City Spirits? What, what's some, what are some of the things that you have on the horizon you're working with? Um, rye. Number one, rye. Um, number two is, as uh, I, uh, we talked about it um, with Ken, doing hybrids of the corn. Um, we did uh, a hybrid of uh, the bloody butcher corn and using uh, only just the lighter tones of it. And if you look at it, I'm pretty sure Dawn took a picture of it. Yep. That is the orange um, cob right behind you. That is the lighter style of bloody butcher. Also, I am actually... Uh, I got a few seeds off of Roughwood Seed Collection down in your neck of the woods. Um, Stephen Smith, he grows a lot of the heirloom stuff that it, you won't find in the marketplace. He had uh, the Oklahoma seed, which is known for it. Uh, the, it was the Oklahoma corn seed, which is actually the Lenny Lenape, which is the indigenous tribe for this area. It was their seeds 
that they took to them with them to Oklahoma, and he recreated that down the Roughwood Seed Collection. We actually got that jar right behind you is the Lenny Lenape corn seeds. Um, one of the gentlemen that uh, I know is actually a descendant of the Lenny Lenape uh, tribe. He also owns property that used to be part of the tribe's land. He is actually going to grow the Lenny Lenape seeds for us. So it's authentic Lenny Lenape seeds. And we're going to see how that tastes and we're going to go from there. There's so much to look forward to, but so much that you're really creating right now. One of the things that I was thinking about is you have these unique spirits and you take that cherry bounce, stick it in a barrel, let the barrel absorb some of that flavor, and then you've got your rye coming out. Put that in that to come back to. Right. I just can't imagine how those two would work together once you've introduced that cherry into the barrel or, you know, just trade it out and see how that goes. Well, I mean, you're, you're, like I said, you're, you're in there, you're, you're, you're doing the, the whole, you know, you know, mad scientist thing. You're really coming up with some amazing stuff. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. But, you know, the funny thing you're saying is, any, I mean, I love talking to anybody because the ideas, I mean, they're, you get ideas out of nature. You get ideas out of people. That is an awesome idea. And I can guarantee you within the next couple of weeks, I'll be trying. All right. Because there's a lot of people that do, they'll do, you know, maple barrels, honey barrels, you know, a lot of different barrels. But you've got something with your bounce that really you can take that to the next level and then just impart that into your rye. And I can't wait to try your rye and your Lady Lenape and all the things that are coming out with Christmas City Spirit. The... the the company that gives us the the honey for our uh, our boil out, it's it's a special blend. And I mean, I, I I talk to John all the time. I I get the the honey, and I always do that. And I did a just for giggles. I did a, a raspberry mead, and not for drinking purposes, just to season the barrel. Wait, let's go make him go to the refrigerator now, Don. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a refrigerator. I mean, go I can... home, we'll wait, come back. <laughs> I, if, you, if you give me 10 minutes, I'll give no, you <laughs> Look, here's what I, I have to tell you something. This has been a treat. We've, I don't know how um, we in, have gone to the Lehigh Valley and not had anything that you've had before. Uh, have, I don't know how we've not had anything that you've produced before. But one of the things I can tell the listeners the Lehigh Valley area in Pennsylvania is creating some tremendous spirits and some tremendous, amazing craft that's coming out of this area like no other area that you can find. And if you're thinking about an area to, to make a destination and to try a whole bunch of different distilleries and mead and kombucha and wine and everything that's going on here in the Lehigh Valley, but... Christmas City Spirits, you've got that big star on your label, and this is definitely a place that if you're putting on your bucket list for craft spirits, you've got to come here. I, I agree with that. And as far as I'm glad you agree with that. I, I, I do, but you, you mentioned you're working hard. All we're doing is drinking it. <laughs> That's a good thing. Just seeing everybody's face as they drink and going, oh my God, I, I didn't expect that. 
it's just a surprise. And, and I mean, I mean, I, I, there are a few people that drink and go, ah, it's not what I want. I mean, they, they have the preconceived. Every, but, but everybody yeah, has, but everybody has this expectation. If you want to have and you're, you want to stay in your lane and I just want a vodka and I just want a gin and I just want a rum and I just want this, this and this. But what I can say is that sometimes it's, it's a good idea to make a right turn and take an exit and see what you find. Experiment. Right. But what I will tell you is all you're experimenting and that you're doing, amazing. Yes. Appreciate Amazing that. stuff. Appreciate it. Dawn and I are grateful for you being part of our fermented adventure, for taking the time to sit down with us and sharing your spirits. Again, go to the Sun Inn, the website for the Sun Inn. Correct. You'll find the Christmas City Spirits. The Christmas City Spirits. And you'll be able to order these to ship to you. Pennsylvania, certainly. You'll drive all over God's green earth to, to get them there. Yeah, just say, hey, Woody, drive it to hey, me. Hey, Woody, drive it to me. <laughs> now, Woody, this has been great. Thank you so much for your time today, and thank you so much for all the hard work you're doing. Thank you very much for uh, participating and uh, coming up to Lehigh Valley. appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks.